The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Searching for something to put a smile back on your face. Just remembering unusual times that can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride, cause everybody needs a climb. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Jessica, for the price of doing all of my yard work and uh, flower uh, doing, doing yard work, (laughs) flower assessment (laughs) therapy. Flower assessment. I can give you three secrets of the world. Okay, look at the flowers. <laughs> you look Do at I the flowers, you tell me what kind of flower mm. it is, and you water it. They have apps for that. I'm not watering, assessing the flowers. Yeah, no. Uh, yard General yard work. You do have a mower, mm-hmm. so you can, you could physically do it if you wanted to. I could physically do it. Yeah, <laughs> and I will tell you three secrets of the universe. There probably are really five secrets of the universe, and you're just trying to get, catch me. Psych. 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 <laughs> I don't know any secrets of the universe. I just want you to do my yard work. That my, <laughs> my Did your flower assessment. And my flower assessments, even though I have a uh, landlord that does all of that my does all, of that? all my flower assessments uh. are already done. <laughs> I have no flowers. I just love That's... the idea of a flower assessment. We're off. To I mean, that's rock it's better than here. my other job. I need done the flower auditor that needs to count all the flowers. <laughs> um, that's a rough job because you have to count oh the flowers, but also you have to count the petals too. Petals, yeah. What a nightmare! Yeah. Nobody get this person dandelions because yeah, just, just pick off every little fuzzy yeah. part. I don't know how they do it, but that's why you hire a professional to be your flower auditor. Yeah. I yeah, I could see why. They get a lot of sunburn, but boy do they do a good job. Yeah, sunscreens um, at SPF fifty for those. 
Yeah, they they really market SPF towards flower auditors. <laughs> Where are we? What are we talking about? What show are we know. covering here? I don't know. I feel like we're talking HGTV. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back to mm-hmm. HD. TV talk- HGTV shows are- that we learned about shit about. Oh no, are we, <laughs> are we spiraling? We I think we already did. Yeah. I'm oh well. Fairly certain. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, maybe the chemistry is now lost because, guys, people, listeners, we met in person. It happened. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Once again, if you did not know, we're a scam. Um. We seem like we're really good friends, and we are. But until this past weekend, we've never met each other before. So we made it happen. Um. We had plans. I like mm-hmm. tried to ghost you. I was like, oh, Jessica, my car is such a mess. I don't know if I'll be able to make it up there. <laughs> I did say that. You did say that. Did and say yet that. you were there early. I got there an hour so. early because I was so nervous. That's crazy to me. Meanwhile, I got there like pretty much right on time. Yeah. I hit like a slight bit of traffic that made me a few minutes late. No, but. I'm always, always early. Um, but yeah, so I just like. By an hour. <laughs> well, I really was worried about my car. I was like, I just want to like get there. Like yeah. make sure I, my car is sickly. It's like a whole thing. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. We still drive it. Um, I like, I want to know, is there anything like about me, like my mannerisms or anything about me at all that like surprised you? No, I think the one thing that I said was that even though I knew your height, it's mm-hmm. still jarring to me when people aren't the same height as I am. So I, so you're shorter than me. You're significantly shorter than me. I and am it's shorter. Just like, yeah. And I guess that's just jarring just because, again, I'm a tall person. Yeah. So. Um, and I seem so tall. No. I don't know that you give off tall person energy. Yeah. I don't think you give off short tall person, person energy. Tall person energy is a real thing. Do I have tall person energy? Sure. Because you tell me that you're tall like every other day. You're like I'm so <laughs> tall. Talk about my height all the time. Oh my god, it's so hot up here. I like can't even my clothes. I'm like so tall. So tall. <laughs> uh, other than that, no, I don't think so. Do I have anything? Any mannerisms that you like surprised you? There's one. Th- Is that why you asked this question? Yeah. There's <laughs> one thing. Yes. Like you always <laughs> tell me that you're the loudest person in the room, and I'm like, whatever, whatever, because like you and I, we talk like all the time. Yeah. But you really are like a loud talker, which like, I don't know why, like that doesn't get, maybe it's because I can lower my volume on my computer. Yeah. You can't lower real life. You can't lower real life, but you really are a loud talker, which is like, it's totally fine. Like it didn't like throw me off or anything, but I was shocked. Yeah. Oh no, I'm a very loud speaker. I'm a loud person in general and I talk all the time. So then I was like, am I more, so then I was like self-conscious about it. I'm like, well, am I like a soft or softer speaker than you were imagining? No, no. But also I think we're also wearing masks too. Like for the majority of when we were together, we had masks on. So I think that doesn't help things either. Did not. So I feel like maybe I overcompensate as well, right? Like I'm like, oh, I'm wearing a mask. So I have to shout through it. But realistically, I think I'm just a loud talker. I think you're a loud talker. <laughs> like, my, like there's, the, I know plenty of people that are loud talkers. But that was, like, the only thing that I was, like, oh, wow. Like, because you've said that a million times. You're, like, oh, like, I'm always, like, the loudest person in the room or blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I was, like, whatever. Because, like, you know, like I said, we talk all the time. But also, like, we've, like, never, like, there's, like, very, very few times when we're on, like, an audio call together with other people. 
You know what I mean? So there's yeah. never been like yeah, a comparison. Yeah, so to compare me to Yeah. Yeah. That's the only yeah, thing. No. I thought that was funny. I was like, No, that's that's true. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Like you were pretty much exactly what I was expecting. The only thing was the funny fuzzball keychain very much threw me off. <laughs> this thing was like the size of like a baseball and looked like a dead animal, like that you would find in your purse. And I was like, that would literally make me think there was like a mouse in my purse if I pulled that thing out. Oh yeah. So like my keychain has like a puff ball. Um, but I've had that for like different variations of that for years. So like all of my friends like know that I have it. I've had like a navy one. I've had a brown one. This is my. Don't they get gross after a while? Like how long do they? No, they do. They okay, gross? so like they, they. Okay, so my gray one's lasting a lot longer because I'm not commuting into the city anymore. I had mm-hmm. one and I had to throw it out because Chipotle spilled on it. So that was a casualty. <laughs> so then like I got a new one and that one kind of got like. Like it got like it didn't get gross, but like it's not as soft. And my gray one's lasting a really long time because I, like I said, I don't commute yeah. into the city anymore. Yeah. So well. So yeah, but that no. was the only thing that but, I was like, well, yeah, that's, I came that's home extra key. Change. Yeah, my extra everything's <laughs> extra. So yeah, so I like came home and I like you know I told Drew like oh it went so well like she's exactly like she is on the computer yeah. like whatever felt like. You know, it felt like catfish, but I was like, no, she's like exactly the same. It just felt like anything else. And it didn't honestly, it didn't feel like the first time like meeting you because we talk so much. So, yeah, no, it didn't feel any different than when we just talk yeah. on here, except we were like doing an activity while we were we've, talking. Yeah, we've never so, like, done an activity. Different. So, no, that was fun. Next time, like, you know, we went shopping. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Next time, I think that we need to just like have a game night, like drink, like yes. chill. That needs to be on the agenda because it was like it's fun shopping, but it is hard when you're like in outside in like 85 degree heat mm-hmm. with a mask on yeah. trying to like not bump into other human beings and like right. shop all at the same time. But right. I agree. So anyway, that was us meeting. It happened. It was great. It's taken too long, but that's what you get. COVID. We finally beat you. We bested you. We did And we it. did it before our friendiversary. So... We did. And that was a big deal because we both as soon as we got vaccinated, we were both like, OK, two weeks from like our vaccination, like we can meet. This will be great. And that was it was pretty much it was maybe like three weeks after we got vaccinated or something like that. It was pretty close. High on the agenda list. Yes. Um, but anyway, let's let's get into Boy Meets World now. I hope you all appreciated that little, you know, meet cute situation. It's not a meet cute technically, I guess. But, you know, anyway. Um, we're here talking about the season finale of season two of Boy Meets World. Oh my gosh. Season two, episode 23, Home. I can't believe we're here already. I can't believe it. I know. I mean, like we sped it up a little, of course, by implementing mm-hmm. the two episodes per podcast episode. Um, so we did speed it all along. Um, but somehow I felt like the same length as the first season. Um, and we're going to get mm-hmm. more into like our thoughts on the season as a whole um, in our recap episode next week. So we're not going to totally get into that today about like what we thought compared to like the first season. But yes, like Mm -hmm. this is the last episode of season two. Um, And there's like, you know, this was a pretty good finale. I think it sets it up. It didn't feel like this was like, you know, like a closed book 
of a season or there was no like cliffhangers yeah. um kind of like you know felt as much of a season finale as season one's finale was which was yeah. um I dream of Feeney, which like ended with like Feeney, he was in the hospital for something yeah. and you know it was like appendicitis or something i think that like this felt more finale-y to me but it still didn't feel quite like a finale at least not like not like a Dawson's Creek finale where it's like a huge big event happens and you're kind of left somewhat on a cliffhanger like I don't know if it's just we're not there yet I don't know if that happens in the future with Boy Meets World I really don't remember um Um, I'm thinking like well I think next season we leave with um like Eric and Corey are going on a road trip um Oh, I remember so that. that. Yeah, felt yeah. like, okay, so you know, end of different. school summary. Like, I think, like, as we continue on, like, they start to feel more and more like proper season finales. Yeah, that's fair. So so this one, it's still very important, um, especially coming after last week's episode. Um, it really continues the the Sean backstory Um basically is kind of what we're getting into. Um, so we start off uh, leaving pretty much picking up um, a few weeks after last episode at the Matthews residence. Corey's trying to get into the bathroom, but Sean is occupying it. Apparently he's shaving. Like he has a whole bunch of facial hair and like his sideburns and like a unibrow and like all these things he needs to shave. <laughs> um Eric is still studying for the SATs, which I'm like, how many weeks was he studying for? Because I mean, we know that we're, what, two weeks after, three weeks after the last episode? And good God, Eric, can you please take these SATs already? I mean, are we just absolutely impressed that he's studying so much for the SATs? I feel like I'm pretty impressed as a person that notoriously did not study for the SATs. um, I am very impressed by Eric for studying so much. Yeah, it's impressive. I just wish that they didn't, like, it feels almost like they're repeating a storyline from the last episode. Yeah. Like, I could have done with a different uh, plot B for this. I feel very similarly to how I felt last episode, where it was kind of like, okay, this is fine. This one was better than the last one. It was better. Yeah, it was better. Because Feeney's involved. So it's definitely better, but it also kind of felt like these could have been smushed into one plot B uh, storyline. Storyline Probably. Probably. Um, Yeah, he's very, like... um, you know, he's, you know, really freaking out about it. He it got a little superstitious because he has like a lucky pencil. He has like a lucky towel. Um, Towely. Towely. Do you have anything that's like your lucky blank? No? No. I'm not really superstitious at all. I don't really follow any like rituals before doing things. I mean, I usually take a sip of a drink before we start podcasting, but that's mm-hmm. mostly just because it's like. I feel like I'll get dry mouth, but yeah. Um, no, not not particularly. Do you? I do. I have um these this piece of jewelry that I wear, these earrings that I wear for um for luck in a way. Like it mm-hmm. kind of started a few like a year or so ago, like when we started um looking at apartments like I was wearing these earrings when we like looked at the apartment and then like I was wearing the earrings again when we got the apartment and then like since then I kind of just like wear them for I don't know what I perceive luck so mm-hmm. um now that I've talked about it it's probably veed- like uh vetoed out or xed out I guess I cursed it but I don't know I'm a little superstitious about the earrings 
Yeah, I guess I can see that type of thing. I just don't have, I don't have anything that like really would fit that description. Like I have things I really like, but I don't wear them for luck reasons yeah. or something, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see why the like, uh, like a lucky pencil makes sense to me. Um, if you feel like it's going to help you score better on But tests, eventually the lucky that. pencil runs out, like eventually you'll sharpen it and it's gone. And that's very sad yeah. and scary. Were you, when you were a kid, was it popular to write with very small pencils at all? Do you remember? I don't know if this was like my school or if this was like a, a worldwide phenomenon at the time. But um, when I was, gosh, maybe middle school was when it was. It was really um, a popular thing to have like a very, very small pencil. So you'd like sharpen your pencil all the way up until it was like, I don't know, three inches, four inches long. Um, This is before we were using like mechanical pencils. And uh, yeah, everybody wanted to have like the smallest possible pencil. Don't know why. It was a thing. Um, I mean, people did that, but it doesn't bode well for good handwriting. No, probably not. Probably not. I I have okay handwriting if I'm trying. Yeah. Um, so yeah so Eric and Sean are kind of fighting over the bathroom and over various things and Corey's having to mediate so we see like it's a struggle it's being a struggle like they are three boys one bathroom one small room like it's just Mm -hmm. the you know the house is not big enough to accommodate um four children essentially um, which is right. ironic since the house kind of accommodates four children in the future. Actually, no, like they're moved out. They're moved out. So, yeah. Um, yes. So basically, uh, then we, we cut flash or, and Corey, yeah, Corey's trying to mediate. We flash down to the kitchen where Morgan is eating ice cream for breakfast because apparently Sean's family does it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan is, we can tell Alan is kind of frustrated with, uh at this point with having so many kids in the house and i specifically think he's more frustrated with like they haven't even heard from chet it's been three weeks yeah it hasn't been easy they haven't even heard from chet sean has like one pair of like one outfit yeah and a toothbrush um and obviously i think that we know that the matthews it hasn't always been easy for them to make ends meet i'm sure a third mouth or excuse me a fourth mouth to feed doesn't make things any easier especially when there's no end date on it five oh I meant I meant for children, but yes, yeah. Actually, six, six. six. What's yeah, math? Six mouth. <laughs> this Who is knows? Math. This is a math podcast. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. So yeah. So we actually see, um, Morgan's last sentence. Um, this Morgan. So it's a series wrap. Oh, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, it's a series wrap for Lily Nixie. Who and this is her last episode, wow. and um, next time we see her, she's going to be a brand new Morgan. This is crazy. I didn't even think about that fact. That's gonna. I feel like that's going to be a huge topic of conversation in our in our season two recap. Mm-hmm. Is just like Morgan falling off of the face of the planet for season two. She was nowhere to be found. Yeah, um, she had two which, two lines this episode. Um, yep. Which was pretty standard for her episodes this season, especially yeah, compared yeah. to her f- first season where she was definitely more of a prominent character. Right. They gave her a lot of like the little kid lines, you know, but even still, it's yeah, it is jarring, I guess, to to have her kind of completely fall off the map. Um, so so Amy and, and Alan are, are having a discussion about, you know, Chet hasn't called. He hasn't even written a card like he's mm-hmm. not said anything. What are we going to do? And Amy's trying to just like. Calm Alan down, you know, we'll get by. It's fine. We need to be here for Sean. I, I get both sides, right? Like, if I'm Alan, I'm also very frustrated with Chet. Um, I think it's a bit, 
I feel like I would maybe like be a little bit quieter when talking about this because like the kids could come downstairs at any moment. And as we see later, like Sean overhears things. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that they agreed to it and they denied money from Chet. I mean, who knows if Chet would give them actual money, but they did say that they can make do. And like we've discussed last episode, it's kind of like the roommate thing. Like if so, if your friend's like, hey, can I stay with you for a few weeks? You know that they're going to be there for months. Like Chet's not a reliable person, but it is frustrating. Right. I get it. Um, Sean also has a habit of... Uh, taking liberties of drinking out of every single carton, whether or bottle, yeah. whether it be a, a milk carton or a juice bottle or the sodas. And Amy's got into the habit of um, writing S's on all the things in the fridge. That's just Sean yeah. specific. <clears throat> this is Sean's milk. This is Sean's orange juice. Um, that was very sweet of her. Like she's trying to just be nice about it. Um, it, this would drive me crazy if somebody was just drinking out of all of the containers mm-hmm. in the fridge. But yeah, I mean, me. I mean, if you're living with one other person and they're your significant other, like sometimes I take a swig out of the iced tea bottle. I don't, but it wouldn't necessarily bother me if Will did that. Um, I just can't think of anything that I would do that with. Yeah, but just like a cup, like who are you trying to impress? <laughs> yeah. I I loved that line and I loved the line later about him uh, clipping his toenails. I thought that was disgusting and funny. Yeah. Amy um, is also a, an angel gem because oh, she, she also realized that he only has like one or two outfits and she bought him some clothes because he can't wear the same things every day. But mm. she she is like, oh, she's like so out of touch because she patched Sean's whole pants like and you know like he worked hard to get those holes in his pants like back in the day you didn't buy pants with holes with them like you made pants with holes with them so she patched them up and she bought him a matching yellow sweater uh, that matches Corey yeah like the patching very cute of her to do but she patched it with like an s on it and everything it just looked it looked very childlike um and we've seen sean for two seasons now and in the outfits that he wears and here's the thing like amy has watched sean grow up like she also knows his style and she should know that like his style is not a pale yellow zip up excuse me pale yellow zip up sweatshirt like Corey wears even Corey much more into that grunge yeah even Corey has aged out of the pale yellow sweatshirts that we saw now Corey is wearing like eric's old clothes which consists of a lot of like button-down flannel shirts and, like, light wash jeans. Like, we're out of, like, the color-blocking stage of Corey's life, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so now we're we're in school. We're in the hallway. Um, and Miss Tompkins apparently left something at Turner's place. Saucy. Uh, Turner brings it in in a brown uh, lunch paper bag. And uh, basically, Turner, he's a commitment phobic. We've talked about this before. Um, he's freaked out that she's leaving stuff behind. Um, and then, this is like so awkward. We have like the Feeny interaction with them. Did we did, it's like, oh, Turner, you brought lunch too, huh? You brown paper bagging it? Yeah, we were supposed to go out. Don't you remember? And mm-hmm. she was like, it's uh, Miss Tompkins is like, yeah, it's like it's mine and it's not lunch. So he uh, wants to change the subject. So I have one another piece of news for you. 
This oh, okay. is um, Kat Tompkins, Miss Tompkins' last episode as well. Oh. Uh, we do not huh. see Darlene Vogel again after this episode. Interesting. I'm curious to see how they address it in the in the season three premiere. Oh, we, like I had said, they won't. They probably won't. But <laughs> like I think I think I mentioned this somewhere along the way that I didn't remember her being in this many episodes. Like I mm-hmm. remembered her being a thing. I couldn't have said that she was in like she was in a decent amount of episodes, even if she had a small part in them. It just feels weird to it, it kind of feels like it's going nowhere just like miss tompkins feels like it's going nowhere mm-hmm. kind of sucks that she just falls off the map after this season yeah i like her i feel like i wish yeah i like her but if if turner's not gonna commit because we see he commits to sean at the end of the episode right so you kind of in your head are thinking oh he really wants to commit to something maybe it's just not miss tompkins i wish they would have just ended things then rather than leaving it I mean, we'll get into it in a bit, but I felt like it was less open than you're reading into it. So we'll we'll Mm -hmm. circle back around to that. Okay. Um, We see Sean walking in. He's ripped the sleeves off of his new sweatshirt. Uh, and Corey's like, what, what are you doing? Why did you rip those sleeves? My mom's going to be really upset. And Sean makes a joke about her patching them up, uh, with an S or whatever. Um, and you can tell that Sean is just like, he's kind of over staying with the Matthews at this point. He likes his freedom, which he's really not quite getting. Yeah. Like his life with his parents were very different. It seems like they didn't pay attention to him at all. Like Sean had full ability to get up and walk out of the house and like go to the Matthews or like take a spin around like the alleyways and just like do what he wanted to do and you know the Matthews residence is more of like a typical family um, that is has like their structure they have their bedtimes they have their curfews so he's not used to it and he's also not used to being like I mean honestly smothered with love so Right. Like the whole like I got you like these clothes and I'm like picking out outfits for you and I'm feeding you like these nutritious meals like is definitely not what Sean is used to. And like, you know, it's in reality, it's a better life, but it's just not the life that Sean's used to. Yeah, exactly. And so he kind of stomps away and Turner sees all of this go down and he's like, the the, the invitation still stands. Call me at home anytime you need me. And of course, we have Feeney again saying you're his teacher and only his teacher. And rightfully so, Turner calls out the hypocrisy here. <laughs> yeah. Because Feeney is so involved in both Matthew's boys' lives. Yeah. Feeney's, um, um, Turner's like, hey, 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 hey. I saw the security system in your house. <laughs> I know that you are totally tapped into the Matthews house. So don't tell me that I'm getting too involved. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, come on now. We all have seen your Corey shrine, Feeney. Um, so, yeah. And this is when, like, there's the joke of, like, uh, Eric trying to walk and study. And he almost bashes his head on a locker. And Feeney yells, like, Eric, duck. Um, so, yeah. I just think... <sighs> Feeney keeps warning him, keeps warning him, keeps warning him. But, like, can you blame Turner for wanting to intervene here? Like, no. Like, with everything going on with Chet, like, you can't blame him for... And I feel like Turner will get a little bit more into it later. We still don't know a lot of Turner's backstory, but it very much seems like he sees a lot of himself in Sean. Yeah, absolutely. He has a soft spot for Sean. 
Um, so we are cutting to Jason and Eric in the kitchen, and they are still taking practice SAT classes or, or tests, rather. Um, Jason's grading Eric's practice SAT. He got a one ninety, which is like really, really bad because you get two hundred points bad. for signing your name, and then that's where Eric realizes that he, there's two T's in Matthews. Duh, dumb, dumb, dumb. Um. You want to hear one more piece of information. This is a series wrap on Jason as well. We do not see Jason after this episode, too. Interesting. Yes. Okay. I don't know that I would have guessed that because I also felt like he was a very prominent side character. I know. Okay. So let me think about this. So this is a wrap on Eric's sophomore year, right? Junior. I think he's a junior. Okay, so he'll be going into his senior year. Okay, well, I'm just thinking of, like, I remember when he gets into his college years mm-hmm. and, like, Jack and all of them. Yeah. Um, I don't remember so I who sure. his friends are next next season. Yeah, maybe he just has girlfriends. I, I don't know. Or we'll to, we'll I, maybe he fra- I think he maybe he hangs out with Frankie a little bit. Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. That's weird. Okay, we'll yeah. see. I know Turner um, hangs out with Eli, do you remember Eli? <gasps> yes, I so love So next season Eli. we get Eli, and that's kind of like Mr. Turner's like BFF companion that we see him with a lot. Yeah, instead of Ms. Tompkins. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um. All right. Yeah. I like. I like Jason. I mean, we'll we'll get into it in our season two wrap up. Yeah. But I think he's a fun uh, companion for for Eric to have. Um. Jason basically tells him exactly what Feeney tells him later. Like, you need to rest. You're overworking yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is when Eric. I love this line. Eric's like, I just need more oxygen. There's not enough in here. Let's go outside. Ah, good old H2O. <laughs> it's such a subtle, it's not like, it's kind of subtle, I guess. Like, yeah. It's just like a very funny joke. Yeah. I don't know. I really love it. And I joke. like Jason's like, has your house been tested for rayon? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, not another test, not another test. Eric is so dumb. Like, he probably thought that he had to study for the COVID test. Definitely. This version, yeah. And later version of Eric, too. He's even dumber. Um, Can I just say also something I did notice in this episode that's a little strange to me? Did you notice what direction Jason walked off in when he, like, leaves the Matthews residence out the the backyard? I guess it's the backyard, I assume, at least. So the door that leaves... Okay, go on. The the door that leaves off the kitchen, right, that heads outside to the yard that they share with Feeney, right? Right. We know that if they go, like, if we, they walk away from us, away from the screen, there's, like, that tree house, and we assume that that's how you leave and enter the house, because that's, we've always seen people coming into the house from that direction. Right. Jason walks off screen in the opposite direction. So he goes, like, like this past is so the back door into, like, nowhere land. We don't know where. I'm wondering where it leads to because we've never seen a character walk off in that direction. They always leave the other I way. I wonder if like there's a skinny side yard and maybe he's like walking to the front yard. Um, yeah, I guess it. Well, no, it would be it wouldn't be the front yard. No, though. like he's walking. So like you have your house and then over here, maybe there's like a patch of grass that's oh, like skinny. And he's walking along and he's there. walking along there on the side. Maybe. It the just front. completely threw me off because I was like, I've never seen. No, nobody's go that way. ever like you would assume that there's like a fence there and like there's no way yeah. that you can go like any further. He would assume. Yes. Yeah. But I, I mean, so strange. Maybe he like hopped the fence and he's. <laughs> Yeah. running away. I don't know. It's probably something stupid to talk about, but I was just so intrigued by this. Like, where are you going, Boo Boo? 
yeah he's leaving forever that's what happened he just he, he got lost went off and that's why Never yeah he got lost um maybe he got <laughs> trapped in some like quicksand yes he's never um i did read that james marsden and will friedel are bffs in real life so oh that's so sweet that's cute yeah so Love at that. least they're i mean at least they're still friendly if anything yeah, their friendship else lived on yeah, so Feeney comes out to talk to, to talk to Eric, and this is where he's like, you know what? Like, you're studying for the SATs. Like, I promised myself I would never reveal this, but there's three SAT secrets that if you help me with my yard work, I'll tell you. Um, so we get the another long Feeney con, his specialty. Oh my god, so many cons, Feeney, so many cons. Yeah, he basically. It's like Feeney does all this landscaping and all this yard work and all this gardening, but he never actually wants to do it himself. Like we've seen like Corey paint the fence. We've seen Eric hauling like dirt and manure and stuff Mm -hmm. like Feeney. Just hire a neighborhood kid to do this. Stop like conning people. He does like to prune his begonias, but um, he. Mm -hmm. My azaleas. My azaleas. Um, but yeah, he should definitely just hire Jessica Sterling for all of his yard work. Oh, please. God, no. I hate doing my own. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity. And the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Um, yeah, so he, they make a deal uh, with each other. Um, and now we see it's nighttime, Corey's sleeping, and there's a dog um, kind of like howling that's waking him up. We see Sean sitting up looking at the dog. No leash, no collar, barking at the moon. Corey has the opinion of, oh, he's probably a stray. He's lonely and he needs a home. But Sean thinks, no, he's happy because he's free to do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have anybody to answer to. Mm-hmm. Um and this is when Sean immediately wants to leave. He doesn't do curfews. He doesn't do bedtimes. Um, and this is when we find out that he clipped his toenails at the dinner table. Not polite. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, not polite. Yeah. He, no. So he says, like, I'm leaving. Corey's like, you know, we have we have to, like, stay in bed. And he's like, you know what? I didn't ask to live here. And I don't need your permission to leave. And I'm going to take myself out for a walk. And mm-hmm. he goes out the window. Um yep. and runs away. But yes. Corey's I like Corey's line is I need a home. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that this this stray dog and the way that Corey and Sean view it just completely encapsulates their different mindsets. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, it's it's a really good analogy into how they're both feeling. Corey's used to growing up under the Matthews household and their rules and having a curfew and having parents who pay attention to what he's doing and are interested in what he's doing, where it, as it seems like Sean has not really had that, at least to our knowledge, he's never really had routine. He's not really had parents checking in on him, giving him a curfew. Um, and for he doesn't even know where his dad is right now. Um, I really love that scene for kind of giving us that perspective of each of those those characters um we're now at turner's place and kind of awkward so we find out they've been dating for four months um and 
Miss, and again, again, we just were here last episode. Miss Tompkins wants to DTR. Mm-hmm. She wants to define the relationship. She wants a commitment. She asks Turner if he loves her. Oh, yeah. Ugh. It's a little depressing. I mean, um, so I looked it up and the both, um, both the real life Mrs. Miss Tompkins and Jonathan Turner are 33 at this time. So like, let's like pretend like, you know, they're the characters are both in their early thirties as well. So obviously Miss Tompkins is ready to start her family. She's ready to make a commitment, get married. And he is a fuck boy. I don't know. Like he does not, he's not ready for the marriage talk and she, or even the love talk or even the, you know, even the, are we in a relationship? And it's like four months late by this time. It's like, yeah, it's, it really is time. So yeah, she goes like, do you love me? And he's like, well, like, I'm always happy to see you and I enjoy being with you and we always Ugh. have fun together. So Such I, a dagger to the oh, heart. So I guess that's love. And it's like, ooh, ooh, girl, like if, if you were in that answer. position, you know that that's not the answer that you are looking for. And that's like when guys are trying to evade the question, like that's how they answer that question. It's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I don't like it. Um, no. So Kat's like, you know, using the kid gloves on him. You're a good gentleman. I can see myself spend the rest of my life with you, have children with you, and I'll know they always be taken care of. When you hold me, I feel safe. If you can't say the same to me with the same feeling, then don't let me give you any more of my heart to you. Um, So she's laying down the law and good for her, too, because she knows that, you know, she knows what she wants. She knows, like, how, like... You know, she knows that it's something that she wants in her future and she can't waste time with somebody that is not going to see himself in the same way, uh, feel the same yeah. way. So and then he goes like, oh, this is the line. This is also such a fuckboy boy line. No, oh, you take a compliment worse than any other woman that I've ever uh, met. It's like it was so annoying. And I yeah. love Turner. I love Turner. But he was very frustrating in this moment. I guess it just goes to show that like not all good people make good partners. Right. Like mm-hmm. he's a great person. We know that. But like doesn't mean he's ready to commit or maybe it's just not to Miss Tompkins. I don't yeah. know. Um, and it's yeah, I mean, four months, four months and you can't even even call her your girlfriend. Uh-huh. Like you can't even say I love you after four months. Yeah. Um, and I guess like Sean shows up at the perfect time to interrupt all of this with a cop. Um, and apparently he was with some older kids outside the high school with spray paint. Um, Kat, you know, says good night or no, uh, Jonathan says good night, Kat. And Kat says, good luck, Jonathan. And I'm guessing this is the point where you were talking about that, like, yeah. this is the end and we all can kind of see it. Yeah. I guess th- I would have, like, liked a finer point on things. But I – just because it seems a little bit wishy-washy then to have Jonathan, like, committing to Sean. Because in my head it means, like, oh, he's ready to commit, meaning he's turned a new leaf and he's ready to commit to Kat too. But I guess I can see that this this is the moment. Her saying good luck really does feel That's how I like felt. A, like, a it was a good moment. luck, a kiss on the cheek. Like, it was like, you know what? Like, if you can't do this for me, if you can't even say that you're falling for me and you can't even say that you want to have a relationship with me, then fine. Like, and even, like, the marriage thing. Like, he didn't say a definitive, a definitive answer if he even wants to get married. And he's, yeah. you know... 
33. Um, I think it takes a lunatic to stay with that cough, cough. Um, can't relate. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I totally, I totally get that. Um, yeah, and then we have, so then we have the, the scene between Jonathan and, and Sean, and I, I really, I really, really like this scene because Sean basically goes to Turner because he's afraid of what the Matthews are going to yell at him if he, if he goes, brings the cop home to them. And Jonathan basically turns it around and is like, would they have told you how stupid you are for out for being out so late? And he's like, basically does the exact same thing that the Matthews would have done. He's like, you know, I already messed up my own night before you were here. Like, what you did was stupid. You're not going to like where you're going to if you stay on this bad path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like the fact that he points out, like, he's getting upset because when someone he cares about is, like, screwing up, then, like, he, you know, he really does um, care for Sean's well-being. Um, Yeah. And it, you know, it does cross the line of... um, you know, teacher versus like, I don't know, caretaker. And that's the thing about this. Like, and we'll see this develop in the third season. It definitely did cross a line to the other side. Eventually we, you know, see Mr. Turner debating if he wants to be the legal guardian of Sean. And I think it's because he really like cares for Sean um, and has love for Sean. And it does cross a line and that's, Kind of why it hurts so much when it doesn't work out between, like, you know, the legal guardianship and with Sean and Mr. Turner and then Mr. Turner ultimately, like, leaving the show. And, I mean, this is, yeah. like, spoilers for next season. But, I mean, it's, like, you know, like, you it it's all this lead up of somebody actually caring about Sean and Sean's well-being, which is, like, the first time in his life besides the Matthews. And Mm -hmm. it's, like, heartbreaking that it doesn't really work out for him in the end. Like, he still gets abandoned in a way. I think it's made worse by the fact that, like, Turner, we know based on what Turner said that, like, he feels like he was also in Sean's position. And, like, he was either somewhat abandoned or just not paid attention to or no one cared for him. Like, you know, adults didn't care for him type of thing. And it kind of sucks that then he kind of repeats that um with Sean and and it's I agree like I love their relationship and I love the setup here it's unfortunate that he doesn't continue to be there for Sean and it's no wonder Sean ends up being so screwed up with the the parents and the role models that he's had in his life they're just Mm -hmm. not there for him why should he believe that anybody would be uh when people abandon him constantly right um and I, I love the little moment between between Sean and Turner uh, where uh, Sean offers to give Turner lessons on women. <laughs> uh, and he's like, why aren't you this smart in school? He's like, oh, math's not my best subject. <laughs> I'm your English teacher. <laughs> well, why are you teaching math? And, like, and then I like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That was I, so funny. I love that exchange. I thought it was cute. I think... And again, it's just it is heartbreaking knowing how it doesn't work out um, when I just I love where we start off with them. I think they make a great pair. Uh, and it's it's to me, it felt like a very natural lead up to it. Everything yeah. we've seen before this, like it felt like, OK, we've always seen Turner's invested in in Corey and Sean, specifically Sean. He's always been there for him so far throughout the school year. And I think it, it does track. It does make sense that this is where we land. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm curious to see how I mean, we're going to talk about this more but i am curious to see how it progresses next season with like fresh Mm -hmm. eyes again um and i'm kind of leaning towards like this is going to be like a very like 
from the writers very messy how they ultimately handle how the storyline yeah. ends. And I feel as though you and I are just not going to be happy about it when we watch it. No, I don't think season. so. I think that shows I feel like this show too and a lot of shows I think in the 90s maybe now still I don't really know suffer from like um actors like coming and going as mm-hmm. they please like they kind of just like are in the show for a season and then they drop off the face of the planet and I feel like and the, or they replace things like like Morgan gets replaced and it's just like you're supposed to just act like nothing ever happened um whereas I feel like maybe continuity issues aren't as as bad nowadays as maybe they once were right um I, I could be wrong about that but that that was just the vibe that that I get from 90s television um in general yeah well I mean we're going to talk about this a lot um mm-hmm. in the next seasons so we will we'll certainly get to it yes we'll- yeah we just have to we have to like like stay on it for a second just because the Turner Sean thing is a huge thing and it is a huge thing in season three yeah so we're we're making important important moves here um so we're we're back in the Matthews residence uh it is the morning and Corey comes downstairs Alan and Amy are asking where's Sean uh, and Corey's like, oh, he, you know, he just took off real early. Oh, like 9.30 last night. <laughs> what a bad uh, cover. Yeah, I know. I feel like they get really mad at Corey, though. And it's like, what did they really want him to do? Like, come tell them that yeah. Sean took off? Yeah. Like, I don't, I guess yeah, so. Yeah, you should, you should tell them. Uh, Sean so. is Alan and Amy's responsibility at this point. Um, they have agreed to take care of him and they should know what's going on in their own house. So I especially if it's out their own window that he left out of. Yeah. Um, but Corey's like, you know, Sean needs space. He's like a wild dog. He needs to do wild dog things, whatever that yeah. may be. Um, so then Turner comes back to the Matthews residence with Sean he actually called Alan maybe the night before to tell him where they were, which is very responsible. Very responsible. Um, Sean and uh, Corey get sent upstairs and Alan's really upset because, you know, Sean snuck out and Corey is lying. Like, this is definitely mo- more than they bargained for when they, um, you know, allowed Sean to stay with them for a few weeks. And, you know, even Eric is... Acting unruly, so it, they really are having an issue um, yeah. wrangling in their kids. Here's my question: Would this have ended better? I almost wish we had gotten a scene with Alan and Sean because we know from the past episodes that Alan feels a kinship with Sean. In that Alan used to be the Sean mm-hmm. in like his friendship pairing, right? Mm-hmm. We we talked about that in an earlier episode where. Um, where, you know, Alan was concerned that Corey was doing bad things and Sean was influencing him and because Alan used to be like Sean. So I would have liked to have, even if it didn't work out, even if Sean didn't want to hear it, where where Alan and Sean sit down and talk. Because I feel like maybe that would have been better. I think that they might have had a nice conversation about listen, like, we were, we're trying to help you, but you need to, like, you know, you're under our roof. Like, you need to listen to our rules. Like, we're we're only doing this because we care about you. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've seen Alan have those conversations with Eric and Corey, and, I mean, even Morgan a little bit, um, just, like, the one-on-ones. And I really love whenever Alan has, like, a father-son chat with Corey. I think that would have been great, but maybe they were just leaving that role for Turner, like, all along, you know? Yeah, I think that that's 
what it is. They want Turner to be that. But I think it would make sense if, I mean, he's known Sean for a very long time at this point. Mm -hmm. And I think that Alan realistically could stand up and be that mentor figure for Sean. Um, But also Alan is definitely a hothead. And I think that he's very focused on how much the situation is stressing him out and displeasing him. And maybe it's getting in the way of, you know, being a guiding figure for Sean. Yeah. I just think that scene itself would have been interesting to watch. But I I get that. Um, And then we have... Also, this didn't make sense to me. This is supposed to be before the school day, right? That's what we're supposed to think that this I is think on a so. school night. I think so. Eric is in the middle of gardening, like at like what seven? Maybe it was a Friday. <laughs> Maybe this is now a Saturday. Maybe that's, okay. That's fair. Maybe it is a Saturday. Um, and so Chet finally calls. Finally calls. Um, in the middle of Turner talking to the Matthews, they pick up that he's on speakerphone. He doesn't even know whether he's in Ohio or Georgia. He found his motorhome, which Verna apparently sold. Um, and Alan's not happy. He's don't you think it's time to come back here and like take care of your son? Um, and and this is Chet just like supremely just pisses me off. Oh, it's, you know, I'm not going to be much of good to anybody till I find my Verna. Well, you're certainly not good to Sean. Like, come on. No. And Alan says, like, you know what? He's having a really hard time. And this isn't for for us. It's not fair for Sean. And like, I don't appreciate this open ended commitment. And the least that you can do is let Sean know yourself that you're not coming home anytime soon. And Chet's like, well, if I know my boy, I know that he's listening in. And of course, they all turn around. Sean's there. And he goes, none of you want me. Well, that's fine. I don't need any of you. I never needed anybody. So he pulls um, a teen angsty performance. But uh, mm-hmm. deservingly so. I conclude that your conclusion sucks. Yeah, um. along those lines. So <laughs> Sean runs away. Um, yeah. Goes through the window. Turner... You know, he he knows he knows this move. He knows this move. And he waits for him outside the treehouse and, you know, face to face. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Basically, Turner's like, well, where are you going to go now? Like, you don't have anywhere to go. Um, He's like, I've I've been there before. Someone reaches out and say they care about you and it's easy to run. Uh, This is when Turner offers that Sean can stay at his place. And (laughs) this is when. Honestly, this line from Sean was kind of heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, what about when you get sick of me? Mm-hmm. And it's like you feel that he feels that. He deeply yeah. feels that people are sick of him. Because in his mind, his mom up and left him. His mom took his home from him mm-hmm. and ran. Mm-hmm. And his dad didn't care enough about him to stay by his side. He cares more about his wife that left him than he does his own son. And for all he knows, the Matthews, from what he heard – are tired of him as well. He They think he's a bad influence on Corey and they're tired of feeding him and housing him and all of those things. He doesn't have anybody he can count on beyond Corey who's not an adult. Um, So he doesn't have a mentor. He doesn't really have a good parent. He doesn't have anybody he can rely on. And you really feel that deep, deep down that he doesn't think that he thinks everybody's going to abandon him. Yeah. Um, and this is I love Turner's lineup. I'm sick of you now, but I'm still making the offer. <laughs> like my house is available if you need a place to stay. Yeah. Um, and this is when he says the line I was talking about earlier. I'm thinking I should do something for somebody else. Um, and I love the you're not my dad. I'm not trying to be like I, I love the back and forth they have. Um, I, I really like the scene. It really 
I think these last two episodes have done so much for Sean as a character. Yes. Like season two itself has really built him up to make him a complex character way more than season one did. We knew we had speckles. We had sprinkles of, of who Sean was. Mm-hmm. But this this season really cemented it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Sean is such a complex character in his own right. He's maybe mm-hmm. one of the most three dimensional characters in the entire series. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people's fan favorites as well. And it's because um, we see Sean grow as a person and we kind of see him, um, you know, his strifes in life and what he goes through. And I think, you know, he's a very relatable character because he's, you know, very three dimensional. So we see a lot of it now. This is the beginnings of it. Um, And I, I think that Mr. Turner was always like the best person in a way besides not I mean even his own family you can say but even more so than his own family because this is like the specialized attention that a kid like Sean needs and deserves and wants so um and I think that he knows all of like Sean's tricks um that you know because he he can relate and I think that he is a good person um, and Sean listens to um, Mr. Turner more so than like anybody else. Right. Yeah, I think he just has that connection with him that he doesn't he he views the Matthews as being like very like cookie cutter, mm-hmm. like very uh, do gooders. And yeah. I think he sees Turner in a little bit of a different light. Um, so we get so Sean agrees to live with uh, Turner. Corey falls out of the tree um, and he says, you know, you're not a stray anymore. Uh, I love the interaction between Corey and Sean. You know that Corey, I I love that we have Corey not coming out of the house. Corey falls out of the tree because Corey's always right behind Mm -hmm. Sean. He's there for him no matter what. He he doesn't want to jump out of a tree, but he'll do it if that means helping Sean. Right. Um, And they have an cute interaction about being a housebroken dog. Mm -hmm. And uh, Sean says, well, what if, what if I hate it? Uh, and he asks Corey to, you know, just, just leave the window open, which so sweet. I, 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 we know we talk about this all the time, but love Corey and Sean's friendship. Like it really is so sweet and just so true. You, you never doubt for a second that they're best friends. You know what I mean? Like you just feel that they would both do anything for each other. Oh yeah. Which I love. Absolutely. Um, I feel like all these parents in every single sitcom slash teen drama needs to invest in some um, safe uh, security window system, locks window locks, um, yeah. you know, simply safe um, when uh, like, you know, in like protection. Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you that? Uh, so my parents, the house I grew up in is um, is a raised ranch. Uh, so my window was not like right on the ground. Like it wasn't ground level. I couldn't just climb out of my window and jump down. Like it's, it's a pretty decent jump down. And my dad, I never realized this until I was older. My dad planted rose bushes underneath my window just in case there were ever like either, I guess if I was trying to leave or if boys were trying to come in, that they oh. would be like pricked by these like thorns That's hilarious. from a rose bush. Honestly, pretty, pretty genius. Yeah, that but. is pretty genius. Maybe that's what the the Matthews yeah needs, like some rose bushes yeah totally steal some from Feeney's garden yep. he has plenty yes um yeah but then we have the end scene 
more of Eric and the SATs. He's been planting, hedging, and mowing for three days. He's getting sick and tired of it, and he just wants to know the secrets. Mm-hmm. So Feeney reveals the secrets are get a good night's sleep, clear your mind, and trust yourself, um, which does not make Eric happy because he was expecting something more substantial. But, um, you know, the SATs are uh, a test for your natural ability to learn. So... Um, you know, that eventually makes Eric feel better. And, you know, Feeney's like, what about my azaleas? And, you know, Feeney's like, no. I mean, Eric's like, no, you know, you're Satan. Like, it's not happening. You can't mm-hmm. get me again. Um, yeah, I call malarkey on all of this because, yes, I guess the SATs, like are there to gauge your natural intelligence or something but like you can certainly study for them and honestly i wish that feeney had just given like eric some actual tips like maybe one tip should be get plenty of rest okay yes makes sense but like legitimately help him out with the tutor he's obviously struggling like i feel like you could have actually jessica what happened last time he got a tutor (laughs) like no good no more no tutors for eric (laughs) no more tutors for eric no i just feel like this is kind of bullshit like maybe that's a to me this advice is good for somebody who over preps in general right so someone who's probably already like an a student who tends to overanalyze everything and gets in their head and second guesses themselves right this is probably excellent advice for them this is not excellent advice for someone who hasn't studied for the first three years of his high school existence and all of a sudden is trying to jam in like you know years and years of prep work into like a month of studying Right. Maybe it's well, the SATs are tomorrow at this point, and at this time, it's like you know, cramming too late. Yeah, like (laughs) cramming twenty four hours in advance is not going to help you. Like I think I do agree. Like just clear your mind. Um, blah 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 blah, blah blah blah. It's fine, I guess. It's fine. Um, Well, that was that was the episode. Yeah, ended on a weird note. I think that's a weird way to end that episode. I think. I'm. I mean, they really did use. Eric as like a comedy device this season so uh, I think that it's fitting yeah I guess that's fair yeah so that's our season two we're going to like I said do like a full recap but Mm -hmm. uh, next next episode but until then we got some fashion hour Let's get into the fashion hour. So our first award is the Rachel Green Award for the most 90s outfit. And my first nomination is Amy. And this is when she was um, doing something in the kitchen, talking to Sean. Uh, She is wearing a long red jacket with these giant like mother of pearl buttons with a white undershirt underneath and some sort of necklace that um is like dangly within the middle and then a i think a long a long floral skirt she has her typical amy's 90 hair um don't know if the weave is still in there or not but um, <laughs> the weave, i forgot about that <laughs> what oh do you God, think so what do you think of amy's outfit um, I don't mind it. I really am not a huge fan of like a long floral skirt. The fabric reminds me of like a grandmother's couch. Yeah, personally. it does actually. She kind of matches the wallpaper a bit. Too yeah, much. she does actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, I actually don't mind the jacket. I think 
here's the thing. If you switched out these buttons, I actually think this would work nowadays. I think if you went for like a black button or a dark brown button, mm-hmm. maybe you could pull it off. Mm-hmm. Um, It's not the worst thing I've ever seen her wear. So I just really don't like the skirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, Next up, we have Sean's outfit when he is trying to escape and he's talking to Mr. Turner. He is wearing some like greenish khakis with a blue shirt underneath a um, button down like yellow green plaid shirt and then he's wearing his brown leather jacket which is now a staple for him and some brown loafers and he has like his overnight bag which is like a duffel bag um what do you think about sean's outfit I, I love this outfit. To me, this is definitely a staple of the Sean Hunter wardrobe. It's like a, you know, a dark pant, sometimes even like a cargo pant or, you know, something like that with a leather jacket. The duffel bag also makes sense to me that he wouldn't have like a suitcase. It would all be in a duffel. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I want to know what's in the duffel bag, considering he only has like the one outfit that he's wearing besides the pants and the the sweatshirt that Amy got him. Um, no, this is definitely a staple. This is the, the Sean Hunter wardrobe. If you were going to dress up as Sean Hunter for Halloween, this is the type of outfit I would expect you to wear. Yeah. Um, I love it. It To me, this screams Sean. This is what I remember from the 90s. So I, I love this outfit. Yeah. Finally, we have Mr. Turner in the beginning of the episode. He is wearing a white button down, a really thick tie with some sort of like diamond pattern, a maroon blazer overneath some black pants. Um, he has like this merce that's like, I don't know, some sort of like brown like messenger bag. He has his helmet. He has his brown paper bag with. Did we ever talk about what was in the brown paper bag? Because I'm pretty sure his panties. We definitely didn't say what it was, but definitely that's what it was. Absolutely. It was. OK. Um, yeah. And his typical hair. What do you think of Mr. Turner's uh, outfit? I actually don't mind the jacket. I think that, like, I could totally see someone with maybe not such a strong shoulder pad, um, but someone with this jacket with, like, matching suit pants for, like, a wedding, right? Like, for our wedding, Will wore, like, a navy suit. And I think, like, I really like a colored suit as long as it's not, like, Dumb and Dumber style, right? As long as you're not wearing, like, pale blue or pale orange suits. I like a dark like a maroon suit. I think it's snazzy looking. The tie I hate, um, probably unsurprisingly, I think it's a hideous pattern. Um, and the shoulder pads are a bit too strong for me, but I don't mind it. Alrighty, fair enough. Who is your winner of the Rachel Green Award for the most 90s outfit? I feel like I, I have to give it to Sean. This is, this is the Sean Hunter outfit. And I think just because also I feel like I want to reward him for like the shit that he went through in this episode as well. I just feel like it makes sense that the Sean episode has Sean as a winner. So I think I, I have to give it to Sean. Okay. Congratulations, Sean. Uh, next up, we have the Paul Rudd Certificate of Timelessness Award. Um, so we have our first nomination being Eric. And this is when he's studying with Jason. He is just wearing a white t-shirt underneath this like blue button down that um, he rolled up the sleeves, um, some jeans, some Converse, um, his Apple Watch. What do you think of this uh, (laughs) Eric outfit? 
Yeah, this this is definitely a typical Eric outfit. Um, the light wash jeans for sure. I mean, I feel like we've seen a lot of him with uh, button down shirts and, and white undershirts. Um, man, that's a big old watch. Jesus, <laughs> it's a huge face on it's it. It's interesting because yeah, he I didn't like it. wear. Sorry, he didn't wear a lot of like plaid shirts this season. Like that kind of got passed over to Corey. He was more into yeah. solids this season. Yeah, I like I like this look for him. I think that it's a bit. I don't know why he has only like one button done up. That's a little strange to me. <laughs> like you think like, dude, either like button it or unbutton it. Like pick a side. Um, maybe it's all the studying has gone to his head. He can't even dress himself properly. I like this outfit. I think with a darker wash jean, this is definitely something you would see nowadays. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, next up, we have the Miss Tompkins. Um, this is the outfit that she's wearing when she's talking to Mr. Turner in his apartment. Um, she is wearing like a dusty rose sweater that is like a little cropped or like a little tucked in, um, belted with some like, you know, her typical like light wash mom jeans that definitely are back in style now. A white T-shirt. She's wearing, I think, some like pearl earrings. Um I like this this aesthetic and she's wearing some brown loafers as well. I love this outfit. The minute I saw it, I was really hoping that I would see it in the fashion awards. I think it's gorgeous. I love the I love this like pale dusty rose color on her, this mauve color. I think it is perfect with like her skin tone and her hair color. I just think it's a beautiful color in general. Um, I love the brown belt that matches the shoes. I think overall this is definitely a hit. I think you could easily, easily see this outfit anywhere nowadays. Um, I, I personally love it. Yeah, I like it too. Um, last up, we in the same scene, we have Mr. Turner, um, his outfit. He is wearing this like long sleeve gray blue shirt that has like some sort of like scalloped detail that's like, you know, vertical stripe type of thing on um, over a white t-shirt as well. Light wash jeans. And he's wearing some sort of a boot, a pointy toed boot. You see that? Mm-hmm. Maybe a cowboy I think boot. He wears these. I'm pretty sure he wears these fairly often. It's just we don't always see his feet. Mm. Um, and I think it makes sense with his aesthetic. I also like this outfit. I feel like like that sweater I bought Will when we went shopping is actually kind of similar to yeah, this a little one. similar. Um, this is something to Will would totally wear. So yeah, I, I really like this outfit. I think that he rocks like a casual sweater very well. Um, not so much into the pointy toe shoe, but you know, that's, that's his thing, not mine. Um, yeah, I, I like this outfit a lot, but I think that as a send off and because she had honestly had amazing fashion this season in general, even if she didn't, I think she was nominated a bunch of times. She didn't quite win a lot. Uh, Miss Tompkins has to get, has to get my point here. I, I love this color on her. I think it's gorgeous. There we go. Congratulations to Miss Tompkins and Sean for winning our last Fashion Award of the season. And I don't know if um, if you guys are interested in seeing the outfits that we discuss and pick out. I don't think I've mentioned this in a while, but we post the looks on social media. We have our winners on Twitter and then I pull, put up the full nominations onto Instagram and you can find that at shit90spod um, on Twitter and Instagram. So check that out if you are listening now and want to see the winners. Yes, absolutely. And next week uh, during our season two recap, we will go over who the overall winners are for the seasons. We have those in a spreadsheet ready to go, locked and loaded uh, to discuss next week. Speaking of next week, 
that's when we're going to do our season two recap. If you have any feedback on season two as a whole, please send that in uh, shit90spod at gmail.com or at shit90spod on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Um, We're going to be talking through the character arcs, our favorite and least favorite episodes. If you have something, we're probably going to follow season one's format. If you have anything specifically that you want us to talk about or cover, definitely let us know and we'll try to do so. Um, really excited to kind of get into our, our final thoughts on season two before we go into season three, which I'm also really, really excited for a lot more Topanga from what I remember. Um, so I really can't wait. I feel like that, that was also kind of lacking on, in season two is not as much Topanga as I always crave, uh, in, in my Boy Meets World content. Right. Um, so Sarah, what do we have uh, for finishing up in the month of May? What are we putting out? It's a lot. I know it's a lot. Yeah. So um, we have a one last podcast for um, May Ball, um, our baseball themed month. We are releasing by this time will be out already our podcast on the Sandlot with the great Will Aperti. So definitely check that out. Um, We also have already released our reactions to the um, Friends reunion special that's airing on HBO Max. Um, I, at this point in time, we do not know what the special is about, but I'm sure we have a ton of opinions that we've already talked about. So that should be out already releasing on Friday the 28th. If you missed our two other podcasts for the month of May, we did um, a league of their own for the baseball themed month. And we also did a Dungeons and Dragons slash Dawson's Creek episode where we sorted Dawson's Creek characters into Dungeons and Dragons classes and races. So lots of going ons. We have more content planned for June. Um, It is a um, two movies that are like feel summery. I guess that's the they feel summery and they're like I would say like childhood classics is also maybe if we want to plug a theme onto it Mm -hmm. I guess I would call them that like I saw both of them in my childhood Mm -hmm. um they're not for adults really uh I mean we'll watch them and we're adults but they're not catered to adults um really excited for both of those movies coming up so stay tuned um as always we also put out Dawson's Creek content on Mondays so feel free to give those podcasts a listen those are a lot of fun as well um, and you can find me on Community Building with Josh Wiggler over at Post Show Recaps covering community every week. We are up to Season 1, Episode 16. So we're trucking right along. I can't even believe we're that far into Season 1 already. Wow, oh my goodness. 16. Where does the time go? Gee golly. Where does the time go? I don't um, know. If you'd like to become a patron and get those early, that's at postshowrecaps.com slash patron. Uh, Sarah, what is happening? What is the haps on the clubhouse? <laughs> I mean, what's the hat? Not much, but we're still doing um, my weekly um, pop culture show on Fridays at six. So definitely check that out. We're having a lot of fun. Um, we, our latest review is I can't believe you're still doing this after all this time. I appreciate your commitment to the clubhouse. That's our latest <laughs> review on my show. Um, so, <laughs> um, real respect for keeping it going. That's what I've been told. Yes. There you um, go. But it, it's fun. You know, we this past week we talked about, um, you know, 
uh, Dear Evan Hansen, that's coming out and the reactions for that. And we talked about Broadway in general and we talked about the upcoming um, now already released Friends reunion special. So um, Mm -hmm. join me on Fridays at the Clubhouse at Sarah Ferguson. Nice. Nice. And if you want to give us a follow for the podcast at Shit90sPod on all social media. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. And we will talk to you all next week for the season two recap. Uh, we will talk to you all then. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Just ask. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.